This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. The 2022 marketing year was an all-time record year in terms of dollar value. USDA economist Dylan Russell offered a few examples of the export gains. Wheat export value was 8.3 billion, up 15 percent. Corn was up 12 percent. Soybeans, 33.3 billion, and that's an increase of about 26 percent. China was the top buyer of U.S. ag commodities, Canada coming in second. USDA released the 10-year baseline outlook this past Monday. USDA expects trendline yields to increase over the outlook from 171.9 bushels per acre this year to 199.5 by the year 2033. Corn price is expected to fall over the next five years to $4.30 per bushel and remain flat at 4.30 the remainder of the outlook. The average soybean yield expected to increase from 49.8 bushels per acre this year to 56.5 bushels per acre by 2033. Average soybean price expected to decrease from $14 per bushel this marketing year to $10.30 per bushel for the last five years of that baseline outlook. USDA increased soybean production by 33 million bushels to 4.35 billion bushels on a yield of 50.2 bushels per acre in this week's supply-demand report. Soybean ending stocks were raised 20 million bushels at the end of the marketing year to 220 million bushels. Season average farm gate price was left unchanged at $14 per bushel. In the monthly supply-demand report, USDA increased domestic wheat usage 5 million bushels to 1.09 billion bushels. They raised food usage by 7 million bushels and left wheat exports unchanged at 775 million bushels. Marketing year ending stocks are forecast at 571 million bushels, down 5 million from the and the lowest ending stocks since, since the 2007-2008 marketing year. Season average farm price for wheat unchanged at $9.20 a bushel. USDA made a small upward adjustment to U.S. corn production, raising it to 13.9 billion bushels in the November supply-demand report. That's up 35 million from the October report. USDA raised corn ending stocks 10 million bushels and left the season average farm gate price unchanged at $6.80 per bushel. USDA lowered global corn ending stocks slightly in the November supply demand report, estimating global corn ending stocks at 300.8 million metric tons. That's on par with trade guesses, a little down from October's 301.2 million metric ton estimate. Global soybean production is estimated at 102.2 million tons. That's up from the October estimate of 100.5 million. Global wheat ending stocks estimated at 267.8 million metric tons. That's up slightly from the 267.5 million metric tons in October. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On said there really wasn't a whole lot of fresh news in that USDA supply and demand report. Nothing shocking jumps out of the numbers. We came in here and you had a slight decrease in wheat carryout domestically. Um, corn carryout, we had a very slight increase uh, in carryout there by 10 million bushel. And in soybeans, we increased 20 million bushel. And, and nothing's kind of out of the ordinary. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoops says the corn export number in the supply-demand report, though, was a surprise to him. Corn export forecast left unchanged at 2.15 billion bushels. That's a big surprise. We are way, way behind this export pace 
And I really thought the USDA would lower that exports by 50 to 100 million bushels. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. The most stressful part about being a farmer is the uncertainty of everything. Knowing where your margins are, knowing where you need to be to be able to be profitable to continue on for years to come. You have to make the numbers work. The commodity fertilizer blends don't add up. They don't offer the larger profit potential that Micro Essentials does. With higher yields annually proven over 15 years. Micro Essentials from Mosaic. The science of more. The Red River Farm Network introduces the latest addition to our team of farm broadcasters. Listen for Whitney Pittman as she joins Don Wick, Randy Conan, and Sierra Doctor in reporting agriculture's business. 90 minutes of farm programs each weekday, four farm broadcasters, and one ag meteorologist. When you check out the numbers, it's easy to see why your number one choice for farm news, markets, and weather is the Red River Farm Network. And we're reporting agriculture's business. Here's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The threat of a railroad strike is now off the table until December 9th at the earliest. The previous strike deadline was November 20th. One of the major unions announced it was extending the status quo timeline to match another union. If either of the two largest unions are still voting, the deadline could be extended again. The Class 1 railroads reportedly plan to start shutting down service in anticipation of a work stoppage. In a notice to members, the unions claim the railroads are trying to cause panic and manipulate Congress to intervene. For the first time in the past month, the nation's average gas price rose, jumping 6.2 cents from last week to $3.78 per gallon. The national average price of diesel increased 3.4 cents in the last week and stands at $5.32 per gallon. National diesel supplies remain tight, but it did see a slight increase last week. The end of 2022 is creeping closer, and with it, farmers should get started on tax planning. Northland Community College Farm Business Management Advisor Betsy Jensen says the high interest rates could throw a curveball if you're caught unaware. Something that's unique this year is our interest rates that we're paying on our line of credit. Um, you know, It's up at least 4% from where we were at the beginning of the year. So if you have to borrow money to make your prepays, you should probably do a little bit of math on that. Um, just find out what the true cost is. You know, if you have to borrow money for an extra six months for a prepayment, let's say normally it's due May 1st and you're going to make that payment on December 1st, what is the true cost of that money if you do need to borrow it? We are in a time of unique interest rates. We're not used to dealing with higher interest rates. And I think farmers need to change their mentality a little bit about interest rates. And Jensen says farmers should also take into stock their income and expense statements with the extra government payments distributed this year. NDSU hosted their State of the Economy webinar this week. Center for the Study of Public Choice and Private Enterprise Director Jeremy Jackson says the U.S.'s gross domestic production is almost back on track after the pandemic. We're actually, you know, not that far away from where we might have been in terms of real GDP as a nation had we not experienced the pandemic. We're not quite back onto the same path, but we're not that far off. But what's really troubling, there is this downward trend that we experienced in the first two quarters of 22. Um, we experienced a decrease in GDP for both of those quarters. The good news 
is that the, la the latest numbers from the Federal Reserve Bank um, indicated a third quarter increase in real GDP, so a return to, to actual economic growth. And Jackson says the economy is growing even with the threat of inflation. During a time of high commodity prices, rising land values, and government payments, a percentage of farmers became complacent. Virginia Tech professor Emetrius David Cole made that point during the National Bankers Conference in Omaha. You're going to have a certain set of customers that are going to what? Burn through profit, which then they'll burn through working capital and liquidity, and then they're going to burn through their equity. But you're going to have another set of customers and this is where I see the cup half full that will make the adjustment on Finzilla. And they're actually going to put profits on the table. They're going to build liquidity and they're going to build equity and they're going to grow. In this time of extreme volatility, Cole said commodity prices could drop quickly. That makes it more important for farmers to know their break-even levels and manage risk. And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Farmers and ranchers have a lot of choices to make. When it comes to your crop insurance needs, the team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services can simplify it all for you. Egg Country's Optimum tool will compare thousands of options based on information from your farm, which will then be used to find the right policy for your operation. Ask about the Optimum tool by contacting your local Egg Country office. Egg Country, focused on egg, focused on you. Find your next job on the Red River Farm Network website. Click on the Job Opportunities tab and discover your future. The North Dakota State Seed Department is seeking a seed regulatory manager. Ellingson Companies, True North Equipment, Resource Auction of Grand Forks, and the North Dakota Farmers Union also have jobs posted. Find all the details on the Job Opportunities in Agriculture tab on the Red River Farm Network website. That's rrfn.com. With a look at weather this week in agriculture. The end is in sight for the U.S. harvest season. As of Sunday, 87% of the corn and 94% of the soybeans are harvested. The corn harvest is 11% ahead of the average for this date. Soybeans are 8% ahead of the norm. 92% of the winter wheat is seeded, slightly ahead of the normal pace. With harvest finishing up, farmers across the region are seeing a very strong basis. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi says farmers are taking advantage of these markets. Most people's bins were coming, uh, were empty in the Northern Plains uh, due to the drought in Canada and North Dakota. So we had lots of space available, lots of staying power for the Northern Plains farmer. Throw in the trouble with the Mississippi River, that grain's flowing a different direction than it normally does. And, and you have a hot basis in North Dakota. Seth Vanderhav, regional sales manager Nick Revier, is thankful that this season's sugar beet harvest was uneventful. We needed an uneventful harvest this year with all the challenges that we had getting the crop in the ground. Um, you know, when you start out the year with uh, one of the latest uh, planting um, that we've had in our history, um, to get a crop like we got um, and then have the time to get it in um, was uh, quite the blessing. Um, you know, typically we look at that crop, you know, freezing off, you know, the last week in September. And this year it kept on growing until uh, into the second week in October. And so we got some extra yield and a, quite a bit of extra sugar. And Revier says the quality of this crop is outstanding. And when we looked at what we were harvesting in September and we were looking at some pretty disappointing sugars, um, you know, the ending, 
to end up around 18 or maybe just a little above 18% sugar is fabulous for uh, where it started out and for as late as the planting was. And so overall, you know, the crop got in good, got in clean. There isn't going to be a lot of tear. It's going to process very easily. Um, and so the beets are in good shape. Valley City, North Dakota farmer Darren Anderson has wrapped up harvest. I would say this is probably one of the nicest harvests, you know, as far as weather goes in quite a long time. Um, and then add into that that the, oh, all the crops were better than expected in yield. And actually, probably you could probably consider them good crops, let alone uh, better than expected. So it was, it was a great, it was a nice harvest. I planted some June, June, like mid-June planted wheat. Uh, just to fill in some wet areas, and and it averaged in you know in the low 70s, and that's just incredible. <laughs> and in in all of our two thirds of our corn was planted in June, and and it it was at uh, APH yields. Anderson is finishing up some fall field work. We're gonna get about two thirds to three fourths of what we want. Uh, some of the fields are just packed a little bit too hard from trying to get the fields prepped this spring. So there's some lessons learned there, you know, and uh, yeah, but we're going to get, yeah, we have everything worked that we want as far as like corn stocks and we're going to have like, yeah, about two thirds to three fourths of our fertilizer on. So uh, I guess we'll have to do the rest in the spring. North Dakota's corn production is estimated at 386 million bushels, 1% more than a year ago, according to USDA's National Statistics Service office in Fargo. Harvested corn area is down 26% from a year ago at 2.7 million acres. The average yield is forecast at 143 bushels per acre, up 38 bushels from last year. North Dakota soybean production is estimated at 203 million bushels, 12% more than a year ago. Harvested soybean acreage is down 21% at 5.65 million acres, and the average yield is estimated at 36 bushels per acre, 10 bushels per acre more than last year. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Proceed experience is the people that we're working with, the hands-on. Uh, we're not a super large company, but we're hands-on uh, dealing with customers. I know most of these fields because of the time I've been covering this area. In many cases, I've covered with up to the third generation of operators on the farm, from grandpa down to the, to the son that's being handed over to now, and we build our business on service. You take care of the customer and they take care of you. Need seed? Think Proceed. Proceed.net. Great seed at a reasonable price. Early mornings, late nights, rain, snow, sunshine. You've clocked in a 40-hour work week, and it's only Tuesday. No one works harder than the American farmer and rancher. The Red River Farm Network is proud to deliver farm news, markets, and weather to the innovators and decision makers. 90 minutes of farm programs each weekday, four farm broadcasters, and one ag meteorologist. On air, online, and on the go, the Red River Farm Network is reporting agriculture's business.